0: Hello, I am Ariel Munafo, And I am Moshe Ferber. And this is the Silver Lining Podcast, the podcast about security engineering. Hello, everyone.
1: Another episode of Silver Lining Podcast. And with me, Moshe. Hi, Moshe. How are
0: you? Perfect. How are you?
1: Very good. Very good. Uh, we have a special guest today, right, uh,
0: Moshe? Yes. We're, together with us is Adam Gavish from uh, Do Control. A pleasure to have you here, Adam. Thank you very much, pleasure to be here. Please introduce yourself and your company and your background. It's a pleasure to have you here. So we're really excited to hear about you.
2: Sure thing, sure thing. So very quickly, I was born and lived in Israel. I live in New York for a couple of years now. I started my career at 8200, is an intelligence unit as a network security engineer, you know, firewall, routers, all of those good old toys had my CS degree and became a software engineer for a couple of years into startups The both got acquired somehow. And then I moved out to New York to have my MBA at Cornell University, which was a lot of fun. Then I moved out to Seattle to work for Amazon as a product manager in the consumer payments organization. So every time you buy something on Amazon and it doesn't work, you can blame it on me, no problem. And after two years there, I moved back to New York to work for Google Cloud as a product manager in the cybersecurity team, which was amazing. There I launched the assured workload solution to compete with AWS directly on the public sector market. Um, eight months ago, uh, me and my partners would quit to do this thing, and uh, here I am today. Um, do Control pretty much is a SaaS security product. Uh, our goal is to help organizations to allow and restrict access to data dynamically uh, without hurting the business environment.
0: Okay, so first of all, a pleasure to have you here. Uh, very interesting and very. Uh... I would say very respectable resume for someone that young. <laughs> Thank you. I'm only less young. <laughs> first of all, good luck uh, with the, uh, with the startup. And you said SaaS security, so let's drive in software as a service security. So, first of all, what is software as a service security? What are the challenges? How do you see this? Good question. So pretty much,
2: when you think about it, almost every organization in the world today they use any kind of combination of SaaS applications from, you know file sharing like Google Drive and Microsoft OneDrive to source code repositories like GitHub and, and Bitbucket to CRM like Salesforce and more and more, right? Now those applications are amazing because they help organizations to push the business to the very limit using intuitive user experiences. However, it comes with a lot of risk because employees leverage those SaaS apps to pretty much collaborate with external people, vendors, partners, customers, prospective uh, employees, and so on. And as part of that journey, there's a lot of data movement and data sharing uh, externally. And so it's pretty tough to pretty much maintain information security of those SaaS applications, especially when you use multiple of those. Um, And that's why the SaaS security category is here today uh, to take care of that.
0: Okay. But I must say, uh, over the past few years, there have been many uh, security tools to secure SaaS. Also, uh, the provider are heavily improving. I mean, uh, I I heavily criticized all of them a couple of years ago, but I must say that some of them are becoming really good. So tell us a little bit about how do you see this landscape? I mean, where where are the gaps?
2: 100%. So let's begin with SaaS providers themselves, which like you say, they're doing an incredible job in improving their own you know, native security tools. Um, most of them require, first of all, enterprise licenses in order to leverage those kind of advanced features. Some of those advantages seem seems basic to the average security folk, like audit logs, API. It sounds like they very basic, but in GitHub, you have to pay five X per user in order to get that. Um, but all in all, let's say you pay for all of those enterprise solutions. Let's Mm -hmm. say you pick up Google Drive Enterprise and Salesforce um, Shield and Box Shield and and, and Atlassian and whatever, still those features are completely inconsistent. There's no easy way to pretty much define a baseline of security capabilities across those apps to have the confidence that your poster is stable, right? They they just don't offer the same features. And as a result, Security, I think sometimes DevOps people, they just spend a lot of time on just digging into logs and admin configuration and security investigation to pretty much improve security.
0: The, the enterprise lessons remind me a story I once heard. It was a couple of years ago and I'm pretty sure the provider is dead by now. But uh, <laughs> uh, one, of the, one of the SaaS customers told me that they uh, moved away from the SaaS provider. So they asked all the data in the, in the backup. So they received the backup, like a nice uh, DVD with uh, all the terabytes of information, you know, and everything seems to be okay. At a certain point, they opened the, the try to access the DVD and it was encrypted. Um, so they uh, contacted the cloud provider asking, okay, so where's the key? And he said, the key is an enterprise license. US <laughs> <have a> standard <laughs> license. I can give you only encrypted backups. The key is a different licensing. <laughs>
2: yep. yep. Got to make more money. Uh, yeah. So this is about, you know, Cloud native uh, SaaS native solution. Now, because of that, you know, years over years, there have been many attempts to really improve SaaS security, uh, starting with Casby, who did a tremendous job in doing proxy mode and inline network security. Pretty much they stood between the employee and you know the SaaS itself, so that they see all the traffic and they can just shut down or allow access to whatsoever. But of course, it came with a lot of performance issues and integration issues because customers use more things other than just that app, right? Um, And over time, they move over into API mode where they just connect directly to each app. But like any good old vendor, they have a lot of legacy code for the previous version and then the performance issues continue with the new version. And also the user experience itself, it takes a lot of time and effort to redesign and refactor an entire app from the down app to pretty much create a modern experience. That's a Caspi. There are many, approaches to SaaS security, each of them tackle different risk. I would say. For example, um, the shadow IT issue, right? Today, if you want to know how many apps are being used in your organization, you've got to have a shadow IT solution, right? So you deploy that solution, uh, 100% you need some kind of an agent on employee devices or, or or browsers or so on to pretty much discover all of those SaaS apps. So let's say you discover 300 apps, which is a, jaw-dropper number, right? But what, would you do, what do you do with it a month later? Like, how do you really control what people are doing in those apps? Shadow IT doesn't help you. Hmm. Um, that's one thing. The other approach would be, um, you know, everybody use identity provider, right? That's the first thing you do for SaaS app: is use an identity provider to create users and provision those roles and permissions. However, when you deprovision users, Nobody takes care of all of the external public sharing made by those users. So data exposure remains as is. Um, Another thing that organizations started using over time is a zero trust solution because, you know, guess what? People work from everywhere, especially during COVID. So Mm you've got to have a way to secure remote access to those SaaS apps. However, once you're in, you're in, that's it. You can do pretty much whatever you want subject to those restrictions defined on those different apps. For example, blacklisting particular domains or password policies or whatever. Uh, So we believe that, you know, once you have the IDP and 0 trust solution in place, pretty much employees and external collaborators are inside those apps. And from there, they do what they want. You know, they drive business, they collaborate, they share information externally that nobody remembers to go back and remove
0: over time. Um, The other two approaches, Oh yeah, go ahead. No, I, I think we get the idea. There are many whole gaps in SaaS security. And as I said, there are many buzzwords. Some of them are real tools. Yeah, I'm not uh, saying that everything is buzzword, but basically they solve not the entire picture. Am I correct? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, okay. So let's yeah. move on. I mean, uh, what do you see? How do you solve this uh, SaaS uh, challenges? And we usually, when we try with solving, we try to uh, align them according to, a uh, process, people and technology. I mean, what do you need to change from the people point of view from the process point of view and from the technology point of view. So let's try to uh, understand how you deal with such challenges on, or based on this uh, layout. Let's start with process. Sure thing,
2: I like this structure. It feels like I'm under a compliant audit. <laughs> uh, so let's start with uh, the process. Um, so the, the unfortunate thing about the process is that today it's extremely manual. Um, you know, in order to improve information security on SaaS app, you pretty much have to go to every, every platform, define the right restriction, go to the logs, dive deeper into the logs, make sure that there are no bad actors that activity over time. Uh, it takes a lot of time and effort uh, to do so. Um, pretty much there's no automation around those things and no consistency across different apps. And so as a result, you might even detect the problem very quickly but it will take you a lot of time to respond to the problem. So, for example, if, if an employee is leaving the company and downloading a bunch of data before they leave, for example, like the list of accounts or customers, and things like that, you might detect that very quickly, but it, it will take you a lot of time to understand how did it happen? What, were, what access controls were used? What actual file were downloaded? How do we prevent it from, doing, from happening moving forward? Um, and so, as we see today, the process is pretty much affected by compliance, Organizations organization do whatever it takes to hit compliance check marks, but nothing more. Like the risk is still there. If you hit ISO 27001, congrats, we did it as well, but the risk is still there. It's not a process, it's like a one-time effort.
0: Okay, so if the process today is very manual and we need to think of it as automated way in order to get better response time and of course, try to think beyond compliance. What about uh, people? I mean, well, how does, how do we need, what do we need from different people in the team in order to solve such, such challenges? Sure.
2: So over the years, you know, there were many vendors that tried to solve it. They, they launched tools for end users to start securing file sharing externally, but then you require your employees to learn new tools. And guess what? Not all employees are tech savvy. Right. And so it's a tough mission. Go figure it out. Um, And at the end of the day, you know, employees just drive business. They don't have the ownership sense to what they shared over time. They don't go back to files and remove those sharing because it's not in in the state of mind. And so you got to give them tools and appropriate tools that can leverage the context to why they shared so that they can do something about it in an elegant and intuitive way. Um, but pretty much, but doing, you have to do it in a way that doesn't harm them from doing business. Otherwise, they're gonna, they're gonna come after you and you know when, what happened to CISO where employees coming after them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but okay. I, I just, just one, one thing, Moshe and, uh, and Adam, lately i don't know if lately we are doing a lot of uh, of episodes with Moshe and when i start to to hear all the problems adopting cloud and the issues and the the unknown uh, problems that uh, we have and and don't know yet maybe i don't care if it's SaaS or kubernetes i say maybe we will roll back uh, go back let's stay on prem easier and better
0: we, um, try, we tried that it didn't work. <laughs> Easier to who, right? <laughs> I mean, at the end of
2: the day, I think on-prem is becoming irrelevant over time because you know, at the end of the day, technology is driven by business use cases, and there are so many sophisticated business use cases. It's almost impossible to solve on-prem because of the complexity of those computing powers and storage and pipelines and so on and so. That's my take on on-prem, but yeah, I get the feeling. Mm. Ju-
1: just kidding. I'm a, I'm a pro a, a cloud computing. Man since uh, I think four or five years. But uh, yeah, I, I just think that uh, uh, it's it's difficult and, and the companies need to, uh, you know, put a lot of attention and uh, and resource to do it right. Uh, just my, my thoughts in the last few weeks.
0: <laughs> okay, so, so- Let's continue. <laughs> Adam, moving on, uh, technology. I mean, okay, so we understand process, we understand people. What type of technologies or, techn- or tools the organization need. Yep. So
2: when I think about technology, I also think about the persona, the people who are gonna leverage those technology. And so if you look at the security team, for example, the first thing they need is like a very comprehensive inventory of the SaaS assets, if you like, right? So the user, the external collaborator, the external domain, all of those assets being shared externally and publicly, how do we just map them all out? and Provide a really good visualization to help us understand where we're at or at the postal level. From there, and again, the security people, you know, they require automation. You can't avoid using automation today, you know, to really improve security at scale. And in this context, automation could be auto-expiration of sharing over time. It's a really good feature that is supported on box, for example, but you don't have it anywhere else almost. Right? So what if you could just Define a couple of high-level policies that say whenever people share with former vendors or former employees, remove it either way and create an incident. But if they share with legit vendors, you know what? Keep it for one month and then remove it either way. Right? So by having that, you pretty much tell the business, you know what, go ahead, push the business to the absolute limit, knowing that you know there's some solution there behind the scenes that can just clean up that mess for you, as if employees remember to do so. Right? Mm -hmm. But this is Still not enough. Because at the end of the day, the only people in, in the organization who know why they share is the end users themselves, the employee, they have the context. Now, if you are the security admin in I a mean, 5,000 people company, or even in a 500 people company, there's no chance in the world you know why they share what they share. But we know that a security team, you know, they reach out to employees and ask them, hey, why did you share it? It's a sensitive doc. Why did you share this publicly? It should be shared publicly. And so from the technology perspective, what if you could have a self-service remediation workflow where end users can pretty much get notified wherever they work on Slack, on Teams, ServiceNow, get notified on sharing events that they did so that they can remediate that on a self-service manner with no security IT team involved. So by having this kind of technology, you pretty much leverage the entire workforce to improve your security and compliance program without hurting the business environment at all. Now you do it in a smart way. You do it in a way that does not annoy employees, does not upset them regardless. It helps them reduce their liability. They can tell themselves, oh, you know what? I removed that sharing. No way I'm involved with any kind of data breach because I removed the sharing. It's beyond me now. I'm done. Does it make sense?
0: Yeah. Um, uh, I have to ask you, but uh, how do you do all of this? I mean, we mentioned before that with the CASB um, that uh, API gateway, so how do you do your magic? I mean, do you have some kind of an API that you integrate to?
2: Yep, so pretty much we have a, a packet pending technology where we pretty much we connect to all of those apps. We auto-create that inventory from scratch We map between the users, the file, the sharing breakdown, the external collaborators, everything to really assess the risk. We have those consistent policies that work on all of those apps the same way, It provide the granularity needed to solve many business use cases at scale so that you can define one policy for one department, another one for other departments or different apps um, because every organization has its own policy, right? Um, And lastly, you know, we build our own bots on Slack and Teams to pretty much engage with the end users themselves directly. Okay. Um, and of course we provide the analytics around those employees and who answered versus who ignored and so on. But this is pretty much what we did.
0: In order to consume this API, you are heavily dependent on the cloud provider. How do you see them maturing in this area? I mean, uh, do they add more functionality? H- how much effort do they put into this?
2: First of all, a lot. <laughs> uh, this is the the core of our business is pretty much making sure we know all of those APIs by the bit and byte. Um, luckily, you know, since 2017, and thanks to GDPR and CCPA, all of those managers and vendors were forced to really expose and improve the APIs significantly so that their customers would, would have everything they need to avoid compliance violations whatsoever and respect users' privacy. So we pretty much rely on that wave. Uh, on that trend movement where all of those major apps, and we're talking about the top 50 apps in the world that everybody is, they expose everything we need and beyond. Now what we consume are pretty much the most basic API endpoints you can imagine. Like give me the users, give me the events, remove the permissions, things like that. It's not like we need uh, special and specific API endpoints developed by each of those providers. This is what we do on behalf of the customer. Nice.
0: Okay. Ariel, you want to add something or we'll try to summarize this up? No, just uh, thinking
1: uh, some of the things Adam, you said about, you know, uh, if we give the the permission to someone uh, and take it after one month, how do, um, you know, how we can be sure that this is not uh, really something that, uh, uh, you know, um, affect the business or, or, or things like that. Because if you're taking out permissions, someone maybe gave them uh, for the
2: the right uh, reason. Correct. Now, there are two solutions for that. First of all, we take out permission. It doesn't mean that nobody can request permission again.
0: Mm -hmm. And the
2: other one can grant that permission again. And then the cycle begin again, the extra month, right? So it's not like we block the business. Second, it goes back to my point about involving a user. If you hit the user on a DM on Slack and tell them, hey, we just removed that permission. Is that okay? And they tell you, no, keep
0: it live for 30 more days. Done, Mm -hmm. that's how you get the context. Yeah, okay. Okay. So trying to summarize this, SaaS security is a big deal, it's a challenge, it's heavily relies on risk management, choose your right partners. And even if you choose the right partners, there are gaps. There are many tools in the the market in order to uh, bridge those gaps. Some of them will is CASB that is doing monitoring, IDP that is doing identity, a, a, I don't know, a shadow IT discovery, but none of those gaps is giving one a, a full holistic solution to the challenges. Um, so, in order to so in order to cope with all those SaaS challenges, when we talk about process, first of all, we need to automate stuff, stop doing the manual work, stop asking people after two months why they shared stuff. We need to do things promptly as they happen and do things uh, fast. Uh, from the people point of view, we need to give them tools that they can work with. Again, uh, less uh, less. Uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, more compensated controls over blocking controls. More. Uh, I forgot the name of this uh, of the controls that is uh, blocking people. It's not blocking control, but it's uh, something else. But never mind. You're saying let them work. Have them. We will review what they did and then ask them if they still need to share. They still need to put their permissions. They still need. Uh, the the role okay so that's the idea with the people and of course from the technology point of view you need the technology to support all of this first of all having good inventory of the services understand what you have and what you don't have good visibility into those those services second have some kind of a workflow self remediation workflow that is uh, relevant to the people have them stop sharing remove permissions interact with the user asking them what they need to do, right? All of those stuff together. All of those is basically building one solution to cope with SAS. Missed anything? No, that's about right. Perfect. So uh, it's a pleasure uh, having you uh, here, Adam. Uh, another great episode from Silver Lining. Any final words we want to say? Um,
2: let people work, you know, don't know them. <laughs> let, let people do their job and Think modern about how you improve security because you know you got to find a way to eliminate the tension between security and everyone else. It doesn't have to be like that. You're not the bad boy. You're actually a superhero. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Yeah. Perfect. So thank you, Adam. Thank you, all our listeners. Uh, we'll put a link to Adam's website on the episode page so you can take a look at uh, what he's doing and good luck with your startup uh, for many years after. Thank okay. you, everyone. Good night. Thank, thank, thank you, you very, very much. much. Bye-bye.
1: Thank you. Bye, bye everybody. Bye, everybody.